You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coburn. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. Well, a very good day to everybody. Our date is the 13th of June, 2023. Don't know if I can tell you too much about the weather. It's muggy, it's heavy, it's... Um, well, there's rain about, but we haven't sort of seen it over the last 24 hours. Uh, but let's go about three quarters of an hour to the west of me, and it could very well be different for Neil. So a very good day. Neil, what's your weather like? Good day, Vince. Uh, I went walking this morning. It was sun on Joart Sea, and all that mountains were really dark, threatening clouds. I thought, oh, I'm going to get wet through here. But I carried on walking. And then as I got back, we had the breeze with us. It took the dark clouds away, but as you say, it is muggy. There's still white clouds all over, and it is muggy. It's heavy, yeah. Okay. So, but I think we've not had any rain at all. Well, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, obviously, uh, your team, Man City, uh, creating the treble. And, uh, um, uh, you know, as you were saying just a minute ago, um, the match wasn't the greatest ever. But, you know, all the hard work was done. And I think the thing is, sometimes the event uh, supersedes everything. You know, it, it, I mean, be honest with you, I, I got the feeling that the Italians were playing a little bit dirty. And I felt that, you know, they were their mission in life was just to stop you scoring once you scored your goal I thought you were you were probably going to win 1-0 so fair result and the end of a great uh, season for Guardiola yeah. and your team yeah you don't get well, you know you just don't get that often do you there's only United that's done it before yeah uh, in 98 but you know it, you can't you can't knock them for the play they played I mean the, the type of football they play is what Brian Clough were going on about years ago you know it's not meant to be played in the air. Play it on the floor. And they've done it all season. But as I say, it was, it was a poor final, really. You know, City couldn't get in it at first. And then they did get in it. But they, they, they were defending all time, weren't they? You know? Yeah. So, well, but, you know, them are the games. You see, I think everybody's too frightened to make a mistake. You know, so it, it gets a bit boring because they're just, you know, panicking all the time. Yeah. But anyway, we've done it and that's it. That will do us. Well, Marvellous. as a Liverpool fan, uh, admiration for the team. Uh, by all means, yes, anybody can have a little go about the money, but you've still got to create your team and you've still got to play well. So, um, from me, no uh, no messing about. Great um, result and the best team have been just perfect during most of the season. So, well done. OK. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, Rich. Here we go, then. Okay, to start with today, we're going uh, to an event in Nottingham, which is breaking news. Three people are dead, three injured, and a 31-year-old man arrested for murder. Uh, this is uh, Nottinghamshire Police confirming what happened, and uh, police have cordoned off around 400 yards of the scene at Ilkeston Road. Uh, two forensic officers arrived and appeared to dedicate the majority of their time at a bathroom and plumbing business called Willbond. A witness said he saw a young man and a young woman being stabbed on Ilkeston Road at about four o'clock in the morning. Uh, the man who has to remain Anonymous told the BBC, being a hot night, I had the window open and I just heard some awful blood-curdling screams. It's often quite busy with people coming back from town and you get the usual boyfriend-girlfriend arguments, so I thought it was something like that. I looked out of the window and saw a black guy uh, dressed all in black with a hood and a rucksack grappling with some people. It was a girl and a man or a boy she was with. They looked quite young. She was screaming, help. I just wished I'd shouted something out of the window to unnerve the assailant. I saw him stab the lad first, and then the woman. It was repeated stabbing four or five times. The lad collapsed in the middle of the road. 
Um, the girl stumbled towards a house and didn't move. The next minute, she disappeared down the side of a house, and that's where they found her. Um, and apparently the guy just walks off as if um, nothing had happened. So um, these sort of things, Terry, are becoming far too commonplace, aren't they? Jerry? Oh, sorry, Neil. I do beg your pardon. <laughs> hey, that that is um, one of those moments, isn't it? Okay. Okay. Give... Yeah, oh, yeah, well, I saw this this morning. And... Uh... All the trams have stopped and everything, and somewhere near the Theatre Royal and all that one. But nobody would say anything at all. And then, as I say, I've been on my walk and that, and that's the first I've heard about that update with what you've just told me then. So, yeah, dreadful. I suppose, dreadful. You, you see, um, you almost have an inkling that there's going to be a colour thing would come up somewhere, and you don't want it to. You know, you, 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 it's bad enough having the event... But then to add into the event um, a colour issue, uh, it might hopefully have nothing to do with it. But, I mean, it's being put in the press straight away. It's almost like, you know, you look at these things and think, well, you know, um, if the if everything was dark and obscure and the fella had a hoodie on, I mean, you know, how quickly would you realise it was a man of a different race? I don't know. Exactly, yeah. Um but it's getting too often. It's getting too often this that people are just walking up to people and stabbing them. I mean, it, you know, like them them in park. You know, them kiddies in park during week. Yeah. In, in, in prams and and thinking and just walking up stabbing people. Yeah. Where are we, where are we going to in this world? Absolutely. You know? Well, that that was actually in Annecy where my sister had lived, and when we first went over uh, to see her there, it was because basically she was feeling there was uh, the presence of people coming across the border and obviously, you know, uh, she wouldn't have been that surprised by what had, what happened. But, I mean, as you say, where are we going? Um, uh, it's just really not a very nice world we're living in, is it, at all? No, not at all. And it's not only in the UK, it's happening everywhere, really, isn't it? You know. It is. Um, quite honestly, Neil, you know, it's just one of those things that you just think it's not going to get any worse, and it does get worse. So um, I'll move on because obviously uh, right. we, we want to look more at things that have happened and have p- appeared in the press. And uh, the idea of the whole podcast for those people that are joining us, it's to see how things are not being reported properly or maybe being over-reported or under-reported. But we'll go to the next one and see what we come up with. Um, with this one, here we go. Okay, now this is a guy called Dan Wotton writing about the Scottish First Minister's victory lap, included accepting equally lavish praise during farewell interviews with Lorraine Kelly, Sky News, uh, oh, he's written Sly News, I suppose that's the way he sees it, Uh, political editor Beth Rigby, who seemed to buy that she was quitting frontline politics to spend more time with her SNP chief executive husband, Peter Murrell. Uh, Obviously, we're talking about Nicola Sturgeon, and maybe he was saying this would happen in the luxury motorhome parked outside her mother-in-law's house. And for anyone with half a brain, it was obvious Sturgeon has been uh, forced off stage by the ongoing police investigation into the missing million pounds raised by hapless party members for a second independence referendum campaign that never happened. As leader, Sturgeon was one of just three signatories on the SNP's accounts, the other being her husband and the party's treasurer, both also arrested by Scottish cops. Uh, But the mainstream British uh, press and broadcast media had spent two hours happily turning a blind eye to the scandal of the disappearing donations that now engulfs Scotland's uh, ruling party. Uh, OK, um, look, Scotland always appears very, very different to uh, England as part of the UK. 
And quite honestly, um, you know, we did always feel, I think you and I, when we were doing our podcasts, that there wasn't some something quite right. We never felt comfortable with Nicholas Sturgeon, did we? No, no. This, I mean, to be honest, you could say about all MPs in, in, in England as well. You know, you, you, the, the, it just it doesn't seem to work. Her and her husband, and, 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 and uh, who's, you know, they're, they're in charge of all this money. And then all of a sudden, when somebody says, well, seeing that we didn't have this referendum, where's all that money that all these people have, have, have raised for you to, to take it on and to take, you know, to go through with it? And all of a sudden, as you say, these luxury mobile homes popping up here, there, and everywhere. But, I mean, it needs clamping down. And now she's not going to be made to resign from the party because him that's took over has said, uh, well, it's no do with me, really, but it, well, it's you that suspends them. Where, where Nicholas Surgeon was suspending loads of them at one time, and this man is not going to suspend her. So, you know, you're like, hang on a minute. It's, it's all boys, boys for the boys, isn't it? Or, in her case, girls for the girls, you know. Um, well... The, the thing that I notice is the deafening silence. I mean, it was always uh, Nicola Sturgeon. You'd, you'd find her edit virtually every other day on the TV. Uh, I can't even tell you the name of this new guy without sort of looking it up because I, I can't remember anything he said or done. But uh, if the party's finances are uh, sort of under suspicion, then obviously something's gone on and um, they did make up the, uh, well, they they made the inference that the motorhome was something that appeared for whatever reason they want to plant a seed into your mind. But I mean, this is the way the press operates, isn't it? You know, they, they I mean, even down to the, the use of the words, the cops in, in, you know, being arrested by the cops. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's almost like, uh, is it that it becomes untrendy to use the correct word, the police? Um, I don't have a big problem about saying the police. I mean, the cops, it's more for the children, isn't it? For the, the police yeah. games, you know, and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. Cops and robbers that you play when you're a kid, you know. You know, uh, I mean, this business about Scottish independence. Now, when I actually try and think seriously about this, it's something that for me... Um, how could Scotland be independent? Uh, just imagine, with all what's going on now, Russia decided to come in through the top of Scotland. Um, I mean, where would they? Where would they have their defence? That that's one thing that strikes me as just being ridiculous straight away. And of course, even if you go to the fact that. Um, that we've had these people, separatists or whatever you want to call them, uh, up there for so long. Um, we had that, um, the Holy Lock was always where they used to keep the um, the nuclear submarines, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, our batteries, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but going back to the, the, to the silence all of a sudden, as you say, she read paper every other day, spouting and, and shouting and all this, that and the other and, accusing Boris and somebody else and somebody else. And then the main speaker in House of Commons, he resigned. He was always the one that was shut up, bleating and all that lot. And then everybody else seemed to... It went in a big hush, like you say. And all of a sudden you start thinking, hang on, how come she's not in paper? Why is he not... You know, why is he resigned from House of Commons to get somebody else in? You know, it, it, it looks dodgy, doesn't it? Whichever way you look at it. Well, it certainly does. And I think I'll link our next story, which is also to do uh, with Scotland. I think we'll link this one up now because, quite frankly, uh, this just tickles me. See what you think. So this is all about a Scottish postman. And uh, the judgment now is he wasn't racially discriminated against by an English colleague who told him, I can't understand you. And this has all then gone to an employment tribunal and they've ruled against Pete McCallum. Uh, he'd accused the Royal Mail manager, Alan Wiggs, of being a little bit racist because he repeatedly told him he couldn't understand what he was saying. 
while also screwing up his face. Um, after recording the conversation, the postman, who worked at a depot in England, sued the rail, uh, Royal Mail for racism. Now, um, then I looked at uh, one of the comments that came in underneath, and uh, the comment was, my ex-in-laws live up north and some in Scotland. All of them seem to speak really loudly, even when they were only five feet apart. It was insane. I mentioned it to my missus, who had been down south for 20 years, and she just shrugged when I asked her to explain the logic of it to me. I can well believe this chap had issues trying to decipher the conversation. He may have been in shock. Now, I don't know about you, Neil, but I have certain people um, that have always been difficult to understand. I had a friend here in Spain, lovely guy called uh, Jim, who... Whenever he was speaking, it was so difficult to understand him that really I'd have to sort of, you know, I really worked hard to make sure I did understand him. And then I've got another friend uh, that I was w with about uh, two or three days ago, actually. And again, he's Scottish. And I really, really struggle. I really feel that um, I do try my best to understand him. And yet... Does he speak softly? Does he speak too quickly? Is the accent too strong? I don't know what it is, but I find it very, very difficult to understand him. Now, uh, we are both from the northwest of England. We do have a different in our, difference in our accents uh, because yours is far probably of the area that you come from. Um, but we don't have a problem at all in understanding each other. Uh, but no, do you no. ever do you ever get that yeah. problem with Scottish speakers of yeah, English? Yeah, I, I have I have two or three Geordie friends and and a, a couple of Sunderland people that you know we, we meet up with and have a drink with and this that and the other. And I struggle with Geordie accent because it's it's too quick and and I say, well, like, calm down a minute, slow down. I can't understand what you're saying. Well, I'm not racially abusing a Geordie. You know, or a Macken or whatever they call themselves, you know. It's just, well, I just can't pick it up. And, and, and Scottish people, well, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Sometimes it's, it's difficult. <laughs> and if you, if you mention it, am I racially abusing you? Because I, I can't understand what you're saying. Uh, hang on a minute. You want to see how I get on with people, Spanish people? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got to do all hand signals and God knows what. <laughs> so well, well, I struggle with that as well. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, we've got times when, say, we're talking about something, and if if it is necessary, we might need to repeat it. So uh, there are times, especially when we're creating a podcast, we've got to make sure we're totally right about what you've said to me or I've said to you, and we might just, can you just go over that for me? So, I mean, it happens all the time in language. Now, if you have uh, the extremes on all the cities, all the different areas, um, I mean, I've been in the West Country, spoken to somebody down there, didn't understand a lot of what he was telling me. I've been to Birmingham, you can find that as a problem. And, you know, it's not sort of an unusual problem. It does seem, though, that everybody is getting drawn into this ridiculous situation of if you happen to be from Scotland and I can't understand you, now this is becoming racial. It's nothing to do with race. Um, it, exactly. it, it means I can't understand you. And it's either because I'm not trying hard enough or you're speaking in a, in a way that is difficult for me. There's nothing racial about that. Yeah. But there's, there's a million accents in there all over all, all over UK, you know. Sure I mean, uh, <laughs> my daughter, yeah, she had she has she has four kids, yeah, and they they just complete accent, you know. And I'm going, what what's she saying? <laughs> I, I can't understand the twin, and it's not because she's a baby; it's just the accent. I get the drift, but I, I I can't pick up every word with it. But there's a million accents all over UK, and we all some talk broad, some talk quiet, some talk too fast. But that, that's not a racist problem, you know. How can I be racist against my own granddaughter? You no, know, not at all. Stupid, isn't it? Okay, yeah. here's another one. Stand by. Here we go.
Okay, I've got a couple of things that um, are in mind as I uh, read this one. It's Solène Thornen was playing in her garden in the hamlet of Saint-Herbot in Brittany, uh, France, when a neighbour brandishing a gun opened fire several times on Saturday night. Her father, Adrienne, is critically ill in hospital with a head wound and her mother, Rachel, was also wounded. It was the couple's eight-year-old daughter, Celeste, who raised the alarm. Um, Also, um, neighbours said she was shouting, my sister is dead, my sister is dead, as she ran away from the gunfire. The little girl was unarmed and took refuge with a neighbour but is in a state of shock following the ordeal. Um, as you probably might remember me telling you, I used to live in Brittany for a while. Um, and so because of that, I can relate. Uh, this is near uh, Camper, which is going to the south of Brittany. But the point still remains that you've got two young children um, are sitting on, on a, a seat uh, and the neighbour who just happened to be a Dutch guy, uh, decides to fire and uh, shoot them through the hedge. And um, I see in the follow-up uh, in the next day's paper, I think it was, they're telling everybody that he's saying he was uh, confused. And yet I had read that this was part of an ongoing problem between neighbours in in France. And I don't know about you, um, you, you know, is it just my imagination that certain things just seem to happen all together at the same time? It's almost like the papers uh, seem to get a grip of a new idea and start coming at you with a different angle uh, because it's only going back um, maybe nearly a week now when they were telling us of another part of France that I know, Annecy, up in the Sw- in the French Alps. Uh, when, of course, uh, this Syrian guy goes into the park and uh, with such bravery starts attacking little little children, including, I think, one that was in a pram. Uh, it, it, there's so much foul stuff about, it's easy to forget some of the detail. Um, I mean, what do you think about all this stuff? Well, I, I had the news on this morning, and uh, this guy, apparently 71-year-old, is uh, a recluse. And it's about the, the, the fencing or the, 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 the trees that they have up, you know. And yeah. the, the father, apparently, were going away with his strimmer or whatever it was. And this one just come out and, and started shooting. And it, it went through and, and killed a little girl. And then when the police, when they come on, uh, they found drugs in the house and a thingy. And then they got hold of somebody who used to live in that house before and said he, he lived there for over four years and never saw him once. He was that much of a recluse, you know. But oh. they, they reckon there were alcohol and, and drugs in the house, so whether that's been part of it and he's, he, he's lost his head and but just got hold of a gun and thought, oh, I'll just shoot him, that'll sort it out. You know, instead of saying to him, listen, oh, can you keep it down for today, only I'm not so good or whatever. No, just it, it, it just seems now that everybody wants to either pick up a knife or pick up a gun. You see, I I think really, you know, is it that we've had these sort of things all the time and it's just that um, all the papers seem to, uh, you know, do the same things at the same time? Or is it that these are new events that we've never seen before? I mean, I'm tempted to think that we always had weird stuff, but I just think at the moment it seems weirder and weirder. What do you feel? Well, I can't remember, you know, going through my teens and all that, hearing anything that one teen had just walked up to another and stabbed them, you know, and killed them. And uh, and same, if you had an argument with somebody in the pub, you go out on car park, have a bit of a fisticuffs, then you've all come back and start drinking with each other again. Yeah. You know, it, it, that, that's how it, it got sorted then. But now everybody seems to be walking around with knives and knuckle dusters and God knows what. You know, the world's gone crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. It has. Um, I mean, it's just as bad as me calling you another name. But never mind. Let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. No, all right, Tom. Tom, don't worry about it. It happens to us all sooner or later. Yeah, I've got so many things going on at the moment. <laughs> all right, here we go, Neil. Here's the next one. Oh, 
Okay, so we go to the next uh, item in the newspapers. A man dressed as a woman was allowed to stay in a female-only dorm by a hostel which forced a terrified domestic abuse survivor to find alternative accommodation late at night. They said they had complained and the hostel had agreed to move him, but he had gone out for the night and his stuff was still there. Uh, So I was terrified he might come back at any time. Uh, The whole point of me booking a women-only room was for safety and security from any men. I wasn't sure whether it was a mistake or whether it was the policy of the hostel to allow men who identify as women to stay in female dorms, she added. I had a panic attack and got out there as quickly got out of there as quickly as possible. Miss um, Boardman was forced to spend hundreds of pounds finding um, alternative accommodation late at night. Astor Hotels offered her a 50% refund as a gesture gesture of uh, goodwill after she lodged a complaint, but she left feeling insulted. Now, to be fair. I have to say that uh, there was a time when you'd read something like that and you just think, oh, well, you know, a bit of a mix up. Uh, But there's too much of this. And if a woman has been terrified and deliberately gone to find somewhere that it was supposed to be a female only place, then all this nonsense becomes irrelevant to me about somebody who is going through the change and wants to be a transgender or all that. To be honest with you, I I think we're losing any common sense that we ever had in these areas. And I don't know about you, I have my all my sympathy is with that lady and how awful it must have been for her. What do you think? I'm uh, I'm with you on that. How can you? How can you, you you dress up? You identify as a woman, but you can go in an all women's, uh, you know, uh, hostel or whatever. That's all wrong. It's wrong that these that yes, these transgenders. All, all he is at the moment is a transvestite. He likes wearing women's clothes, and, and it, but he's identifying himself as a woman. No, you're not a woman, and you're not allowed in. When it says it's a women's refuge or whatever or a women's hostel. You're not allowed in. No go. You know. Well, well, apparently. Are we all going stupid here that we don't know that some of these men are doing it for a reason to get near women? Well, I I picked up a couple of different articles, and this one was uh, this lady we're talking about had travelled to London for two nights on the 28th of May for the Let Women Speak event. Uh, which covered the importance of safe spaces for females. And she said, I'm really fearful that the safety of women and girls everywhere is being put at risk by men who are not truly trans, but are deliberately invading female-only spaces. It's ironic that I was in London to attend the Let Women Speak event, where we were discussing safe spaces, and then I experienced exactly the sort of thing so many women are worried about. The peaceful women's right event, which was hosted last month, was disrupted by violent masked trans protesters carrying banners uh, reading um, arm trans kids. I mean, the thing is, it's almost like that that seems to me as if that's been set up. What, I mean, oh, it's definitely a set up, isn't it? I, I would think so. Yeah, all this... Uh, uh... I mean, I'm, I don't get it. I'm, I never heard of anything like that it, up to, well, I don't know, what, about 15, 20 years ago, if that. I never heard of anybody, any men, what, it, be, it turned into a woman. and it, But there were one on BBC years ago from George to Julia, and she ended up in Benidorm, if you remember, at the Queen's Hotel. She bought the Queen's Hotel. Nope. And she, she was the first one that the BBC filmed having the full caboodle down below them. But isn't it, isn't it sort of, it just shows you the BBC are involved in this straight away. I mean, it's almost like, you know, uh, that was well and truly uh, on the agenda to make sure they got in on that one. Going back to this uh, Astor Hotels, um, the spokesman said, as soon as our staff became aware of this issue, the guest in question was moved to a mixed dorm. 
Our policy for female-only dormitories is that only those that are legally recognised as females are permitted to stay in them. Um, I mean, quite honestly, it sounds to me like there was a bit of sort of collusion somewhere and they must have known who this Sue Boardman was. And obviously uh, it would appear to to me, reading between the lines, um, that uh, this has been a bit of a setup. Um, Does it come across like that to you? Well, it it looks that way, you know, but I just don't, I I can't get my head around all this lot. It's an absolute joke. You know what you are when you're born. And that's it. You know, if you want to trans into some, you know, uh, females into males and males into females, yeah, get on with it. But don't be making big issues that you should be able to, because you're wearing a frock and a wig, to go in a woman's only hostel or whatever. No, no. And and that's what's happening. Like, we we had him that were... he was dressed as a woman, he raped another woman, and then he wanted to go into a women's prison when they, when, you know, when they sentenced him. He went, no, no, you're going in a men's, men's prison because you're a man. Get it in your head, you're a man or a woman. You see, you know? you see we, we've actually got to a stage now... Uh, where we're talking about something which really we would never have ever talked about. And, uh, you know, our own common sense would have told us, well, that particular person... I mean, it all started for me when you had that uh, Eurovision Song Contest, the the one with the beard claiming to be a woman. I mean, for goodness sake. You know... (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It it starts going on the verge of madness. You know, it's ridiculous. You know... I'm here dressing all my, you know, my aerials and my, and my sprinkly frock and this, that, the other, and I've got a big black beard. But I'm a woman. Well, Whoa. I mean, uh, if we go a little bit deeper into, I mean, that's just one issue of many that's appearing in the press all the time. So, I mean, if they really wanted to get rid of this whole thing, I mean, they just wouldn't keep reporting. But I've read one here, which was a controversial transgender female cyclist won a North Carolina cycling event, beating her crestfallen rival by five whole minutes. Austin Killips, 27, who was born male, throttled the competition on Saturday in a gruelling 137-mile-long race and managed to establish a lead early on in a race called the Belgian Waffle Ride. Uh, By the 13th mile, he or she or it, was out in front while female riders Paige on Vela and Flavia Oliveira had to settle for second and third places respectively. Um, you see, I don't see that as a win at all. I feel that that is a guy who basically isn't good enough to beat the men. So he's thought, hang on, hang on, it's an easy one to get a medal here. I'll go in the women's race. Sorry, um you know, uh, I, I might be taking a hard line with this particular Austin, uh, but I think, quite honestly, I think that's what his game is. He, should, he shouldn't get the medal anyway, right? Well, he shouldn't have been allowed in the race anyway, right? And, all, you know, it, it's up to the women themselves to say. And all the, you see, you get all these, you know, these committees that, you know, the, the Tour de France and all this Waffle race and this, that, and the other, and they say, yeah, you can race, but he's a man. Hang on a minute. He's a man. It's a women's race. Can't you read the posters you put up all over the place? You know, it's a woman's race. And he's not a woman. And as you say, it's usually them that have no chance of ever winning a medal at anything else with against men against men. That they, they decide, that, oh, I'll come this, you know, and I'll, I'll say I'm a woman and I'll, I'll get in this race. It's a nonsense. You see, I, I would think that, um, unless I'm very mistaken, because basically... I'm trying to be rational about the way I'm thinking here. Um, I think anybody who is that, uh, shall we say, obsessed by winning a medal has got to have a problem. Because for me, uh, winning a medal was always something that would be nice, but would I go and um, change my body so I could get an easier passage to getting a medal? I certainly wouldn't. So... No. Uh, you know, there's a there's got to be an element of it of an illness or a psychological problem 
doesn't mean to say that you know um, I'm not trying trying to be too totally and utterly uh, mean on this particular person, but I think if a medal means that much to you, you obviously uh, you're in some sort of uh, a situation that I would never be in. No, you see, right. So we're going on about all these LGBT plus Q forward slash whatever it is, right? Why don't you lot organise your race? So men that think they're women and women that think they're men, you race against each other and see how you get on then. Don't come coming in other people's races, a woman's race, but you let a man in, or vice versa, right? So, I mean, we, we were talking about it, about Tammy Gray Thompson. She she got these world... Um, uh, well, uh, the Olympics. Dis- disability. Paralympics. Para- 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 yeah. You know, the, the para- paraplegics. Right. So it's up to you, LGBTQ plus one through seven or whatever it is. You should organise your own race and nobody will bother you. And and you just get on with it. You know. But oh. you, can't, you can't have men competing with women. You know, uh, please. Well... To be honest with you, you, you know, I, I think it's all uh, contrived anyway. I always say to people, go back to what the communist wrote to defeat capitalism. What do you do? Defeat the family. I see a huge chunk of this right based in the middle of it. I better move on. So here's the next one. Right. A lot lighter. A lot lighter, this one. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, uh, so a lot lighter, like I promised, and this is Camilla. I'm not going to call her queen or anything else because, quite honestly, I don't buy into it. Uh, But she hosted a royal reception at Hampton Court Palace for the Queen's Reading Room's first festival yesterday. And so you've got guests including Dame Judi Dench, Sir Derek Jacobi and Dame Joanna Lumley. As she stepped out to greet the lineup of stars, they each bobbed into a neat curtsy or, or a short bow to welcome the Queen. However, Camilla appeared to have a more casual approach instead of offering each person a kiss on each of their cheeks. OK, um, to be honest with you, I it, it doesn't really get to me. I've got to be I've got to be honest. If people feel the need to curtsy in front of somebody who is obviously only the same as you or I, uh, just another person on the planet um, whose family in the past did a bit of raping, pillaging, and plundering, probably much better than anybody else. That's how I see it. And I think think then also if you apply. The um, the way that we all have to live together. It's not a bad idea to have something to look up to. Now, whether or not uh, they are worthy of, of looking up to, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing because I think it does bring a little bit of a stability if it's done in the right way. Now, I don't see why a woman who basically has uh, been in a menage a trois uh, virtually um, for donkey's years uh, when we lost uh, Diana uh, and then obviously now has been able to... I don't know, come to maybe the fruition of what was always possibly in her mind. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm being unkind anyway. Um, But all I do know is to curtsy. What is it all about for you? I mean, curtsy, she's only queen consort or something. Does she be, is is her title now queen, you know, because of, uh, you know, they've got married and and, and all that. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, uh, I mean, Joanna Lumley, the biggest hypocrite I've heard in my life. That she's, she's bleating on, you know, about all these uh, emissions and stuff like that, and she's flying around India and all over the world to do a documentary on telly. Well, uh, how, can you be, how can you be that hypocritical that, you, you know, you're bleating away that, oh, we shouldn't be, you know, you should, we should all have electric cars and this, that and the other, and them hurdy-gurdy things you see. And she's flying around all over the place, with a big crew, you know, a, 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 a camera crew and all that lot. And then she wants us all to do nothing to lower our carbon footprint. Well, 
you know, she should be the one who's showing us how to do it. She should get, she gets on my nerves, that. And I just like her when she were thirty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Neil, it's just part of this balmy situation we all find ourselves in. I mean, don't forget, if you can um, rewrite the rules of the church and then you're supposed to be the head of the church and then, you know, tell everybody else what they've got to do and then, you know, I mean, the whole thing's bonkers for me. We'll go on. Uh, Here's the next one. Let's see, where will we go? Yeah, here's the next one. Okay, this is right up your street, this one. Uh, This was an incredible moment uh, because you actually, online these days, you have a video that comes in and imposes itself, whether you want to see it or not. So I saw the video, and it's a former PGA Tour winner and world number 75 is a guy called Adam Hadwin. Never heard of him, by the way. But he was tackled by heavy-handed security on the green at the Canadian Open on Sunday night. Uh, Nick Taylor's incredible playoff win over Tommy Fleetwood sparked jubilant scenes on the 18th green. And his friends immediately rushed towards him to celebrate. Amongst them was Hadwin, himself a top Canadian golfer in his own right, who had played in the tournament, but one security guard obviously didn't recognise him. And he rugby tackled him. Um, Maybe he thought he was going to do something aggressive. I don't know. Uh, Did you see it? Yeah, I I was watching it. (laughs) I was it. It was something like half one in the quarter two, as I say, we were golfing there yesterday. So, and I watched it and I thought, what's going on here? One man's just settled. I'm sure it's him. There's just one. All these mates, all these mates, and he were running to him. And he went, this big burly copper just went and tackled him. I thought, oh, I help. But, but here's, a, here's a blooper, you know. So is there, um, any, is, is there anything at all that we need to say, apart from the fact that it was uh, somebody who's obviously a policeman with a little bit of a, um, well, he was security. I mean, he was right to probably do it, actually. I don't know whether or not you feel the same. <laughs> but, I mean, supposing somebody had gone for the winner with a bottle or something tried to hit him, um, yeah. you know, then everybody would be saying, well, why didn't the guards stop him? So I suppose, for me, yeah. I think he did the right thing. Well, the, the people he was running over to, because there's only one man, uh, one Canadian that's won the, um, the, the the Open, the Canadian Open, and it's Mike Weaver. And it's, it's about 20 odd years ago or 20 years ago. And they even got them that weren't, you know, they're, they're a basketball player. They were, some, they were footballers there. They were all of them. They all drove down just when they thought he might win it. But, but congratulate him if he did, you know. And Mike, Mike Weaver were there and all that lot. And then they're up. <laughs> he's a bit towards them. And he just gets tackled, he thinks. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing, you fool? These are his mates. <laughs> I, th- I, thought, I thought they'd switch to cross to the rugby league a little bit earlier or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's find you the next one then. Uh, good, okay. Well, we go to... We'll go to this one. Okay, so I'll put two together. Eco-Zelots, they've been causing commuter chaos once again as they blocked several key London roads. They're doing this slow march in business. Uh, But the police reveal the protests have cost £4.5 Small groups of eco-warriors. I mean, you see, they shouldn't be calling them eco-warriors. If it was lads in hoodies... Um, they would be saying something totally different. Eco-warriors, sorry. Uh, A mere 20 protesters were cleared and these police officers then issued Section 12 orders and removed the demonstrators from the roads within minutes of arriving. Um, So, 4.5 million. That gives me quite a good quick answer to some of this, what's going on. Give them a bill. What do you think? Exactly. Exactly. Make them pay Exactly. I, I don't agree more about it. Anybody stopping other people going to work or going about the business or just making a nuisance of themselves and it costs, whatever it costs, they should pay. Simple as that. It soon stops it. That'll, that'll stop it dead. 
Well, it won't. I don't know whether it'll stop it, but what what will happen is when they go to the website and apply for the for the grant that they get from these billionaires, it'll start yeah. hitting the fund, and then maybe they'll start being a bit more uh, successful. But having said that, you know, when I look at these police. Uh, the way that they'll turn on anybody who's got a, a totally different point of view about something else and bundle... I mean, I, I don't know if you remember when the coronation was happening. They were bundling people out of the way early on so that uh, nothing developed. I mean, what do you do? Just get a, a, a bloomin' uh, van full of 12 bobbies and bung them all in the back and it's over in five seconds. Well, five minutes, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. That's the only thing you can do. Go in every handy, throw them in the back of a van, then find them. And you say, it's for us to do this in our time, it's cost 200000 to fetch you back to, this, the, the, to, to the, uh, station. Now, you're being fined that much. And if you're all on benefits, it's coming out of your benefits every week. That'll sort them out. Well, on another... Um on another article, I read Britain's police were today warned to get back to basics after a damning report found that public confidence in the service is hanging by a thread due to their failure to tackle crime. The Chief Inspector of Constabulary, Andy Cook, urged officers to stay out of political matters and stop intervening in Twitter spats and instead focus on deterring and solving crime and disorder. In his bombshell report, uh, he warned public trust in policing was hanging by a thread. Now, I got to the comments down below. Uh, so Tommy Thomas from Crew says the problem that not only the police forces uh, face but also the rest of the civil service professions, is the fact that over the last 50 years, the loony left have infected these positions with their claptrap, woke political agendas, supported by new uh, brainwashed university recruits. The few real police that are employed will have their hands tied by those who control them. And then somebody else... Um, Audus Vieta, whichever, whatever that's all about. Whilst he has the right ideas, he will be ignored. Back in my day, when I joined the force, we had to parade before going on duty to present appointments, staff, whistle, handcuffs, and we were inspected at the same time. Haircuts were demanded, boots polished, trousers pressed, height requirement. My force was five foot ten inches. Uh, some, like the City of London, required a minimum of 5 foot 11. Nowadays, what bobbies there are only to be seen as hatless, scruffy, dishevelled, looking unimpressive um, articles hung about with yellow waistcoats and multiple accoutrements creating an impression of uselessness before they even start doing anything. In, the, in my day, the British bobby was a tall, smart, Impressive individual with a presence that generated respect. Now they look like rejects from the council tip with no pretense at smartness whatsoever. Little wonder the wrongdoers have no fear of them. Policing is now mostly by cameras. Everything else ignored. Woof. There's a little bit of a criticism there, isn't there? There is there, yeah. I agree with the, the that top policeman with what he was saying. It's about time we got back to basics. About time everything was about big policing people. But everybody respected police when I was younger. Everybody. Because that's what it, the, the way you saw them. It demanded it. Like she said, it were always a tall policeman, you know, with, um, you know, all smart and everything. But, you know, now they're all diving in cars. You see, then they were all on the beat, weren't they? So you look smart while you're walking on beat. When you're diving in and out of cars and vans and crashing doors in, you know, you, yeah, everything looks a bit different, you know, but it still should carry the same respect from the public. Because if anything's happening there, somebody's breaking in, or there's somebody, you know, causing a, a real big nuisance, then the first thing they do is phone 999. And then the next minute, they, ask, they just, what's the name? They just say, Oh, we don't like the police, we hate them, you know, all this lot. You can't have it both ways, people. You either want them there to protect you, or, and then you want to go and slag them off or try and sue them because you didn't get there on time and this, that and the other, you know. Yeah. 
Okay, well, uh, we've got a couple left. Um, I think, quite honestly, the police do need to get back to basics. And uh, quite honestly, I think probably there's too many uh, young people coming and being fast-tracked with a university degree, which really doesn't totally equip you for what really is necessary you've got to have an attitude haven't you i mean if you exactly if you, you know exactly what you're saying i get i get exactly what you're saying there yeah they come out they haven't got a clue from universities and this and then they listen to well everybody now has got a union and now unions are all getting together but turn this government over. we'll see what happens if, if it, they get it turned over next year we'll see what happens then you th- you think you've come to a dead end then yeah, I think you're right. OK, let's uh, move on to the next one then. The number you have reached has been disconnected. OK, so this is the moment Smash and Grab Raiders plundered a busy high street jewellery store in front of terrified mid-morning shoppers. The dramatic footage, uh, so obviously, again, we've got the video, so uh, shows the masked thugs wielding axes and sledgehammers as they struck in broad daylight. This was in Leeds. So, uh, bystanders watched in horror as the gang punched multiple holes in the front window of Ramsden's in uh, Morley High Street, 11.36 on Thursday morning. The footage shows them jumping into a black Mercedes 4x4 with bags full of gems and uh, gold before speeding off. Two men seen emerging from the shop with bags and weapons. They get into the getaway car where the driver is waiting. I I don't know about you. um, When they've got guns, sledgehammers and lots of ordinary innocent bystanders... Uh, even if the police were on parade there, you know, what can the police do to stop it? Exactly. You know, I mean, they've got these chairs of things, you know, that might, you know, disarm, you know, knock them down off floor and they could arrest them. But when they, when they come in like that, these madmen, you know, with axes and, and sledgehammers and got, you know, all these sprays and God knows what, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. But you see, everybody will want the police to be there. But none of the, none of none of public went and intervened, did they? Have you noticed? And it's them that are calling police all the time. Well, you know. of course, the thing is, if you go to probably our generation, I would imagine most of us support the police. Um, you know, I wouldn't like anybody to think I'm criticising the police because I think they do horrendously difficult. Uh, work and I think most of them are very professional. I do think that they've been infiltrated, and I think like most of the situations around all the different parts of the UK infrastructure, I think they've managed to infiltrate people who are undermining the hard work of the average person in those parts of the system. That's what I believe. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm exactly with you there. I mean, yeah. you, you wouldn't know where to begin with that one because, um, OK, you've got the footage, but, I mean, if they've got masks on and if you've got uh, the, the, the bound to have just driven away and um, lost, the, 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 the driver will get out and dump the car somewhere. So uh, until people get the education system right so that people know that you respect other people's property and until such times as... People get away from this stupid, woke behaviour and start realising that if you don't punish crime, then it will proliferate. It gets worse. There's, there's no way exactly. it'll get better. And we go yeah, back to... Exactly. As we said, for years and years, you know, the, the, the punishment don't fit the crime. But, see, all them people were watching this, these thugs with, as you say, sledgehammers and axes and God knows what. If the police turned up with guns and shot one of them, Oh, it'd be the police's fault then. But hang on, they want to they, they, they want you to stop from you know, stop them from getting away. But they've got sledges, uh, axes, and all sorts. You know, it, it's like you can't have both sides of the coin. You know, and as I say, you've got years ago. They used to say, "Well, you're going to have to fight fire with fire." Yeah. And if they're armed up, then police should be armed up. And if they, if it comes to a shoot, then they shoot them. 
And the sad thing is, of course, um, y- you know, you can clearly see from a distance there's a breakdown in, in law and order. I mean, here, uh, the police are armed and back in the UK, they would have to summon and call out any arms, wouldn't they? So, I mean, it's not as though there's a chance of anybody round the corner coming and having a sh- shot back. I mean, it's it, it, I mean, it's a horrible scenario. But all the time, I think underpinning all this change, I think it's the horrible content of the TV, the interference and horrible part of the internet that um, unfortunately undermines nice people, good people. And I still think the majority of people are probably good people. I still think that. But I think that the media is making it look all the time as if the police are stupid, the teachers are stupid, the judges are stupid. Mind you, the judges do appear to be their own worst enemies. Um, you know, how long were we saying about the, 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 the system where they should be building lots of jails offshore and, and putting people there? That's what we were thinking. But Exactly. You know, Chopping it out, yeah, and let, make sure that their families feed them. We're not keep feeding them, and you know, giving them Wi-Fi and giving them a television and this, that, and the other. No, and yet get them out on, on to, out to Hebrides or somewhere. And by the way, you've got to be fed by your own family. And, yeah. and yet, you know, you see on TV, I, I mean, I, I suppose it's got to be fairly accurate. You, you've got things on even Coronation Street where you've got a young lad in, in some sort of a jail place and um, he's able to phone people on the streets. I mean, you see, until you stop that, it's ridiculous to be able to sit in a phone uh, with a phone in a cell and organise your crime. It don't make any sense to me, that. Exactly. Exactly. When you went to prison... You, all your rights are gone. You can't have a phone, you can't have a telly, you can't have a radio, you can't have nothing. And you do your, you do your bit going round the you know, parade ring and this, that and the other. That's what you do. Or you go back to sewing mailbags, you know. Yeah. Okay. Find a job in there, you know. Let's finish with a lighter one. Here we go. It's uh, It's been difficult to keep it light today, but here we go. Uh, yes, we'll try this. Okay, so uh, two years old. Most children are just about managing to string a few words together. Uh, But this brainy kid from Essex, head and shoulders above the rest, um, Burr King from Southend-on-Sea, started to talk at four months, began to read aged one. His parents have claimed this, by the way. So uh, according to his proud mum and dad, he then learnt the alphabet forwards and backwards. And before he turned two, could easily count to 100 and read full sentences. Now he's going a step further and astonishing his parents by teaching himself Mandarin from YouTube. So, um, began to talk aged just four months. I think there's a bright lad on the horizon by the looks of things. What do you think? Yeah, Mandarin? Hang on a minute, that is serious, isn't it? Yeah. Did, did I mean, uh, uh, what, what's he going? You see that it's great when the kids. How do they? How do they get going? Because you, you might as well have a teacher that just says to him, "Listen, go and learn that." You know, and leave. You, you've got to guide him. In, you've got to guide him into what he wants to be. Because if he's that clever, sometimes he just get brushed aside for being. You know, uh, well, they're a bit too clever. These. You know. Well, if he... if you if you guide him in the right place, it'll be fantastic. I mean, if he's such a little tot, you wonder why he's going to be learning Mandarin, where he got that idea from. Unless, of course, the well, parents are Chinese. They haven't said, but you never know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. It could have been that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be something you'd expect somebody in a little high chair to sort of come up with. Oh, what shall I do today? I'll have me yeah. Farley's. And after me <laughs> Farley's, I'll go and learn Mandarin. I don't think so. No. I don't think I so. I can't do alphabet backwards now, never mind when I was four. You know what I mean? God, Benny, how does that happen? Neil, we've got through another week and um, it's not got any better, has it? No, no. I mean, but this is how it is. The world's going crazy, man. You know, it's just, you can't believe half of the stuff that you you see on television or wherever, you know. (laughs) 
It's unbelievable. Well, believe, believe me, looking for the right balance in material is so difficult, but never mind. I'll try and get you some nice stuff for next week. Right. Oh, Vince. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't pick that last week's up. You know, the last, the last pod, podcast? Yeah. Because I, I, men- I mentioned that, that guy, Ricky White. Oh, right, yeah. And he, he asked me what I send it to him. Oh. And uh, I had a look through it, and I, I, I didn't find it. So if you've got it, was it me back, will you? Yeah, stay on the line. I'll be with you in uh, a minute. Okay. 